We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Up next, the latest on the Kansas State Wildcats from the guys of Three Maw, John Kurtz, Derek Young, and Cole Manbeck, who will get you caught up on all the things going down in Manhattan. The latest news, top stories, and insider perspectives to keep you in the know. Make sure to hit the follow button so you don't miss anything. Three Maw is proudly presented by Holiday Distillery and their vast assortment of spirits. And now, the latest episode of Three Maw. Welcome into another Three Maw pod. I am John Kurtz, joined as always by Cole Manbeck and Derek Young. And today we have a, a special guest in tow. If you've been watching a lot of Big 12 basketball, which I'm sure pretty much everybody has here, you know our next guest, Bram Fraschilla from ESPN. Does a great job on the basketball broadcast. We've got plenty of him this year, which has been Awesome, and we are thrilled to talk to him about K-State and the Big 12 as we head here into March. First, though, remember to uh, drink up, get your holiday distillery, Ben Holiday Bottle and Bond Bourbon, your 360 vodka, whatever your flavor of choice is. They are great K-State folks who have supported our pods, so please support those who support us, and uh, whether you're celebrating the Cats, whether you're pre-gaming, whatever it might be, 360 vodka, Ben Holiday Bottle and Bond Bourbon. Uh, Fran, we appreciate you so much taking the time uh, to join us here. It feels like during basketball season, you're almost a member of the extended family, right? Because we're all watching so much Big 12 basketball. Um, it, let's take a step back here. So we're, we're thrilled about, we just got done doing another pod about K-State winning again on Saturday in Stillwater, first road win in about a month and a half. And it, it this team, if you take inventory of where they're at right now, two or a three seed in the NCAA tournament, incredible you you saw this team up close to personal early on in the the off season before the season started uh did you think there was ever any chance we'd be sitting here talking about this team the way that we are right now based on what you saw back then no no but i did i i did say when i came up in october i usually make a trip through the league uh, i'll make a southern trip to tcu and baylor and texas and and uh and then maybe work my way up to ou and osu and then i always make a trip out to k-state KU and Iowa State during Big 12 media uh, day. And so I came out on that Monday to Manhattan. And honestly, John, what I did notice is the vibe was incredible. Uh, the positivity, the coaching staff. I knew a lot of the coaches. Um, and I knew Jerome. I've known Jerome for 20 years. I've known him since uh, I've gotten to ESPN. We moved to Dallas. My wife and I had two sons. We moved to Dallas in 2002. Um, and then I started working for ESPN in 2003 at the time that Bill Self and Scott Drew joined the league. 
So I've known Jerome all this time. And but what I will tell you about my trip to Manhattan in October was I didn't know how many games they would win, but the vibe, the joy, the positivity, the high standard was definitely uh palpable in the in the in the practice facility. But to say that I would ever thought that they would be really a top 10 team. We'll find out when the rating, uh, the new poll comes out, but this is a legit top 10, top 15 program right now. And it's not just because of Jerome's great coaching. Um, you've got two of the best players in the country, really, probably two of the top 25 players in the country uh, you know, on this team and, and some really good role players. So I'm surprised, um, but it's a great surprise because I'm a big fan of Coach Tang and I'm also a big fan of, I've always loved coming to Manhattan. Coach Weber was a good friend. Frank Martin, hugs. You know, so it's fun. What what has impressed you, Fran, the most about what Coach Tang and this coaching staff's done? It's it's very similar to what I saw uh, Cole at Baylor. Honestly, you know, he and Scott Drew are really brothers. You know, they really are. They're as close as bro- people two people could be without being related by blood. And so, a lot of the same po- uh, qualities, the positivity. Um, the intensity without the uh, demeaning attitude and practice, um, that's what really stands out. And the fact that, like Tommy Lloyd last year, who was a longtime assistant, Jerome Tang is likely to be a very, very strong National Coach of the Year candidate, given and given that he had no head coaching experience, so to speak. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll kind of put you on the spot then. I know Bill Self is up there as well as a candidate. Yeah. Would you go Jerome Tang or Bill Self at this point? <laughs> well, I would go Jerome Tang, and and here's what I'd say about that. Um, and your some of your listeners may not like me saying this. I think Bill Self's the best coach in the country. Um, there's some great coaches. I mean, now all these guys are friends of mine, as you as you know, Derek. But um, Bill, Bill's right there at the top. One of the best. Guy. I got a cough here, so excuse me one second. Yes. <laughs> um, but the expectation for Bill Self, Mark Few, Matt Painter every year, Mick Cronin now, is they're going to be really good, top 10 good. And so we don't give guys like Bill Self the credit for being great coaches. In his case, he's replacing 75% of his scoring from a national championship team, whereas Carolina has everybody back, and they're not going to qualify for the tournament more than likely. They played them in the championship game. So Bill does get penalized for being such a great coach for so long. I've always thought the National Coach of the Year is more about expectations and how you just go way past those. And I think that's what Jerome has done. Yeah, I think that's a that's a very fair point. And you're, you're going to make some friends on this podcast uh, going down that road now. By the way, I do think, John, he's going to be National Coach of the Year in many polls. Okay. Yeah. I do think that, like, uh, if I, and I do have a vote in a couple of them. He, Shaka Smart's done an amazing job. Phil Self, Matt Painter, but he's going to get my vote. Love it. Well, <laughs> this would be a, a bridge too far for you. We'll, we'll see. But uh, Cole has done a good job of compiling some of the numbers and actually on Twitter put out just a blind kind of resume test for yeah. Big 12 Player of the Year. Yeah. Um, if, if you're looking at Marquise Noel, number one in scoring in Big 12 plays, number one in assists, steals, free throw percentage, uh, head of Jalen Wilson in player efficiency rating and offensive rating. But I think you know most people would look at it and say Jalen Wilson's going to be the runaway favorite there. How, how would you evaluate the the Big Twelve Player of the Year race? I, th- I think I think most fans and most media no no offense to anybody who's media is pro- they're probably going to vote for Jalen Wilson and 
I might too. I, you know, Jalen's had an amazing year given that they lost so much scoring. I, I think what hurts Marquise and Keontae is that they're going to probably split the vote. Yeah. I mean, I can't, here's what I think on the all. Think about this for a second. If I were voting today for Big 12 first team and I only could pick five, it would probably be Jalen Wilson, Keontae Johnson, Marquise Noel. Uh, and then I'd have to make a choice between Adam Flagg or Marcus Carr and Mike Miles, keeping in mind that Mike Miles missed six games. But those three at the top are a lock. They should be. And so what hurts, I think, Mark Marquise and Keontae, and this is why they're good. By the way, this is not a bad problem to have. This is a good problem. Like you have a fan, fans might say, oh, Marquise Noel got screwed. He should have been player of the year. Yeah, well, how about if I took Keontae Johnson off the Cats? Yeah. They would say, no, don't do that. So I, th I think what hurts Marquise is that he's got another guy with him that's equally as good. But that's why this team could literally get to an Elite Eight or a Final Four. That's how good they've been. And then I think Saturday, not to jump off tangentially here, Saturday showed you that they could go on the road in the league, play a desperate team, not play great, and still come away with a really quality win. And uh, But it's because they have two great players, not just one. Well, speaking of Keontae, Fran, I mean, what do you make of what he's been able to do after not playing in a college basketball game for nearly two years? Uh, remarkable, uh, no question. Um, honestly, Cole, and I, I, don't, I don't want to put the whammy on him, but I've had NBA friends of mine say, what do you think? You know, not that they're going to draft a guy because of me. They're not. But he's he's a professional basketball player someday. He really is. The one issue with his situation, just like a serious knee injury, and this is heart condition. I don't want to minimize how how critical his you know it, it was, how, how his life was in danger. We know that. But the one thing that's going to stop him is teams are going to say, we don't want to give him millions of dollars until we absolutely know he's 100% healthy. Um, but as far as as a player, he's an NBA player. There is no question about that. And the reason I say that about his heart is because as a general manager, you have to go to your billionaire owner and say, we're going to we're gonna commit $20 million to this guy by taking him with the seventh pick. And it, there has to be a lot of due diligence done before that happens. But is it a miraculous story? Yes. Does he deserve everything he's getting? Yes. Um, is he a really good player? Is he an NBA player? Talent-wise, probably is. So we're going to see. We'll let the chips fall where they may on his pro career, but what he's doing right now is just an amazing story. It's going to be a great March Madness story. It, it, it's going to be a great March Madness story for a lot of reasons. Yeah, yeah, Fran, sorry to interrupt you there. If, if it wasn't for any of the things you just mentioned, the heart and everything, where, where do you think he might go in the NBA draft based off what he's done in his career in this season? If it wasn't for the heart issue, he wouldn't be at K State this year. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd probably be a second year rookie, you know, second year guy, you know. And um, but having said that, the great story is what happened has happened to him. He has ha handled it, overcome some amazing adversity, found a hole with Coach Tang and the staff and Marquise Noel, and he's an NBA player. I'd say he's a first round pick, talent, no doubt, no doubt about it. I asked the th uh, of someone the other day, so I'm curious to see your hear your answer. Yep. Penn State has gone through a tough stretch uh, whenever they lost five to seven. They do have a loss at Butler. When things aren't going their way, when they are not right, yeah. what is it? Is it just a product of the Big 12, or do they have a glaring deficiency somewhere? 
Well, I think this is a year, Derek, where every one of the top 20 teams has deficiencies. Like, there's no Gonzaga or Baylor from a couple of years ago. We thought Gonzaga might be the team that went undefeated and did something that hasn't been done since 76. And then, of course, Baylor knocked them off. But this is this is a year where if they have deficiencies, so does everybody else. Produce freshman guards can't make a shot right now. You know, Kansas doesn't have a ton of depth. Um, you can go down the list, obviously. Duke's too young. Uh, UCLA sometimes struggles to score. In this case, I think it's probably uh, maybe an offensive drought here or there, or maybe a little bit more that they don't get a lot of scoring up front from their five spot. Can't their, their offense and the paint is really more uh, they putting it on the floor and getting to the basket, which is a fine. So I think that would be one factor is just, you know, offensive drought. Um, as far as the losing five out of seven, I think you'd have to, I said this uh, in December. Every, when I used to look at my basketball schedule as a coach, I would look at like four games in early February and say, oh my God, that's a gauntlet. Okay. The gauntlet in the Big 12 this year started December 31st and it's going to end March 4th. And, and, you know, eight of the teams have had three game losing streaks, including Kansas. So it's just a, a lot of it is a product of your schedule and where you play teams. I was surprised to know that they hadn't won a road game since January 7th. Um, but then it's not surprising when you think how hard this league is. And that's, it, you know, that's a whole other story that we'll, hopefully we'll get into is how good the league has been. But I think what K-State has done and then to go on the road on Saturday and get a really good quality road win, um, they protected home court. They've got some that, – that trip in early January, not a lot of, a lot of people are going to beat Texas and Baylor on, on the same trip. Yeah, we can get into how difficult the Big 12 is if you want right now because I thought it was interesting. I don't know if you heard the comments from Steve Forbes to kind of put the doubt into the Big 12 because of the quadrant yeah. system and how they just yeah. get one game every night. How do you would respond to that? Steve Forbes is a good friend of mine, and he's frustrated that the ACC, when I was growing up, it was, you know, I was growing up, when I was growing up, it was just the ACC. And then when I was a young coach, it was the Big East. And the Big Ten. I coached in the Big Ten and the Big East. Um, and I feel bad for Coach Forbes because, and this is a product of the ESPN too. I'm shocked that at ESPN, like the SEC, Jimmy Dykes does a good job on the SEC, kind of promotes the league. I think he's kind of taking the cue from me in some ways. And then the ACC, I don't know what they, I don't know, man, I know Duke and Carolina are there. Virginia sometimes good. Miami is really sneaky good. With Nigel Pack, sorry about that. I saw him a couple weeks ago, but I think it's worked out pretty well for you guys and for him. Um, he has a nice car, by the way. Wow, <laughs> he does. It's legal. It's legal, but no, he's got a nice car. Um, but my point is, Coach Forbes is frustrated that nobody promotes the ACC, or at least we could do a better. We could do a better job at ESPN promoting the league. So that's just him spouting, and he's got a right to do it, but. Part of it is because this league has been so chronicled over 20 years and even going back before that, you know, this is must watch TV now. Let's face it. Why do you think Dick and Jay come out to the big 12? I mean, they have a, they have a choice of games they can pick and I don't have the same leverage at ESPN. So yeah, I'd love to do Kansas Baylor, you know, I'd love to do the second Kansas state KU game, but given the games they get a chance to do, why would they do an ACC game? Why would they do Wake Forest do? Come on. We know that. As you be as you be proud would say, come on, we all know this. Okay, come on. Um anyway. So he doesn't really have a point. <laughs> and he's a good friend. 
is it is this convincingly the best league that that you've been around since you started covering the Big Twelve? Is it hyperbolic to say that this is the best? No, no. The, and here's why. Here's here's why. Um, I coached in the Big Ten in 88-89 as a young coach at Ohio State. That league had 27 NBA players. Back then, nobody left early. So when Michigan and Illinois got to the Final Four, you know, that was the Flying Illini. That was the Michigan team with Ramil Robinson and Glenn Rice. Michigan had seven NBA future NBA players on it, and Illinois probably had five. And so that was an amazing league. I was in the Big East when Alonzo Mourning and how about Matumbo and Mourning on the same team at Georgetown? You know, and other great players, Billy Ollis, Derek Coleman, um, and the Hall of Fame, probably five Hall of Fame coaches. So, but having said that, John, it's a different era. You know, one and done. College basketball doesn't have as many pros as it used to because and especially ready-made pros because everybody's drafting these high school 19-year-olds or one-and-done college kids like Derek Lively from Duke. Well, what this league has in, in my 20 years around ESPN, incredibly the most balanced from 1 to 10. That's where this league is better than everybody is that with five Hall of Fame coaches, five coaches who've been National Coach of the Year, um, and all the great upperclassmen players through the years, Javon Carter and Barry Brown and and uh, Buddy Heald and Frank Mason and all the guys that stay, Monty Morris, George Niang. This league has great coaches and it has great upperclassmen players. And the balance between 10 and 1 this year, from whoever's at 10 right now, I don't even know who it is, to 1, any one of the teams in this league could get to a Sweet 16 this year. That's how good the league is. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Well, on the heels of that, and before I ask you this question, I guess I should preface this with, we had we had Gary Parrish on, I think, right after the Kansas win. 
Yeah. And he told us he thinks K-State could win a national championship this year. So that's that's the the precedent that's been set here. But uh, yeah. how far, how, how deep can this team go? Like, what what is the ceiling for this K-State team in the NCAA tournament? Well, you, you've had some pretty good K-State teams get to the Elite Eight recently, right? Think about that. You know, to Coach Martin and, and Coach Weber. And so I, I don't want to predict they're getting to the Elite Eight, but they're one of 15 to 20 teams in the country that can get to a Final Four. Okay, that Sweet 16 game where they're playing a, a what would be a seven seed or a six seed, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking like off the top of my head, I can't even think of anybody right now, Michigan State maybe, you know, in a grinded out game and could they lose 57, 55? Sure they could. But could they get to a Final Four? They're one of 15 to 20 teams I believe can because they're a very connected team. They're well coached and they have two very, very good, if not great, college players. They got two. I think. I think in this season they got two of the top twenty to twenty-five players in the country. And I might be conservative. How much does it benefit the uh, the Big Twelve teams, Fran, to go through the grind of Big Twelve play, and then you get into the NCAA tournament and you're going against somebody new finally, and you get out of that gauntlet? Is that more of a benefit, or do you think these teams are just physically exhausted by that point after going through the eighteen-game grind of the Big Twelve? I think it's both, Cole. I think it's both. I think it can be both. And I think we're smart coaches. I used to do this as a young coach, and and um, and I think some of the coaches in this league are smart enough to know by this time right now, there's not so much more you can put into practice. Like the biggest thing going, like here's something I've, like I've been around basketball my whole life. I heard this. This is new, so I'll throw it to you. And you can even say that I invented this phrase, but I didn't, you know. Um February is the shortest month of the calendar, but it's the longest month of the basketball season because all these kids and coaches are exhausted from practicing for months and months. They can't wait to get to March conference tournament, you know, March madness. And so how you, how you bring a team down, home down the stretch, I think for a coach, it's really important. So I think a big thing going into March is absolutely the competition has helped the league. But I think as a coach and a player, you have to make sure you're mentally fresh and rested. I've seen it work both ways. Look at Iowa State last year, 7 or 11 in the league. They go to a Sweet 16. Do you think that's been the the biggest key to K-State's kind of turnaround over the last couple of weeks is Jerome Tang? You mentioned it on the broadcast, I think, before he rested the guys a couple of days um, and he started to maybe pump the brakes a little bit. And it seems like they, they've been refreshed since then and they've got their legs back underneath them. Yeah, I think so. But, you know, in this league, it's Peacock today, Feather Duster tomorrow. So it sounds great. It's all great coach speak, media speak until, you know, and I don't, I don't know that they'll lose at home this week, but, you know, you're only as good as your last game. So I think Jerome would probably say, if you asked him that, hey, one and know, right? One and know. So, I, yeah, I do think I do think they looked really fresh and rested on Saturday on the road. They did. Desi Sills, he's an energizer bunny, and the other guys all look pretty sharp. So it's really important going into Mars that mentally you're as – prepared as you are physically you've touched this on the broadcast a bit as well and i think one of the more impressive things that coach tang has done is re-energize the fan base uh you've been to bramlage coliseum a few times this year where it's yep. a little bit more jacked up than it was the past few years winning helps but he's put a lot of equity personal equity into it as well and you were at stillwater i think this past weekend where that was one of the better road showings that i've seen from a crowd in recent yep. memory so how much stock do you put into what they've kind of created in terms of a culture and an energized fan base at this point? 
Really important. You know, a lot of people around the country don't realize the great history of K-State basketball. Kind of like, because I'm a junkie, I know about Bob Boozer. And I, I, you know, I had a guy in my division, my district in high school, who was a six foot five center, wasn't very good his first couple of years. He graduated the next year after I did. His name was Rolando Blackman, you know, and I played against Roe for two years in high school. Uh, Tim Jankovich is a good friend, a point guard on that grade 81 team, Ed Neely. You know, I, I know the history of the program, and I think what Jerome has done is he's energized the fan base, and a lot of the fan base is an older group of people who know what K-State basketball means, and so he's definitely connected with them as well as the student body. And what I love about coming to Bramwich now is that whenever we did a KU-K-State game, we knew it was going to be packed and it was going to be intense, and it's as loud as any place in the, in the country, obviously. I think the key for Coach Tang is to get it so that even when Oklahoma State or Iowa State comes in, that it's a madhouse. And if he can keep that going, then I think things bode well because they're going to keep getting players. And they want to create an environment every game the way it is at Allen, at uh, Hilden, because the team deserves it. And it's a great, it's a great venue and it's a, it's a great tradition. Well, I definitely agree with you that these guys are going to continue to get players. So, I mean, a great top 20 recruiting class coming in already next year. And uh, K-State fans are very excited about the future. I think with that comes, and this is this is just the reality of college athletics, right? With that success comes a, a little bit of trepidation about, okay, like, it's, it's, are we going to lose this guy at some point? Yeah. And, and the Texas job is one that has had some people concerned this year. Now, you know, Rodney Terry's done a, a pretty good job here. But I guess, how would you frame that how worried should k-state fans be about jerome tang leaving either for the texas job or for a another job at some point in time like what's your read on that situation you know um i would not for i i would i don't i don't think you'll listen to me i mean he might i'm I, we're we're friends but i would simply say don't mess with happy you know or be careful what you wish for you know um no offense to texas basketball i worked for rick barnes at providence rick was the coach there 17 years it's got some great qualities about it they're going to the sec which is not necessarily a, a great thing from from a basketball standpoint he's coaching in the best league in the country right now i say don't mess with happy you know um he's made a, an incredible impact on this community already on the kansas state fan base i don't see why they can't be the way I can't see why he can't build a program the way he helped Scott Drew build it at Baylor. Think about it. I, I lived in Dallas 19 years. Waco is getting better and better, more hotels, more restaurants. But it's only a spot you used to stop on the way between Dallas and Austin. Now it's become sort of like a Chip and Joanna, Scott Drew, new arena coming. And I think he could do the same thing at K-State. And I don't see why what he's already done isn't, isn't creating one of the better coaching environments in all of college basketball he may turn this into a top 10 you know basketball program nationally or, or at worst top 25 which means you're always competing for a national title so i if he asked me i would just simply say don't mess with happy love that fran hey what do you think texas should do with the coaching job this offseason i know it'll be based you know largely how they finish in ncaa tournament but but what would you do if you're texas well, my good friend Dickie V said the other day, give him a job. He deserves a job. And I would take a more clear-eyed view. I think Rodney has done a great job. I think he should be a very strong candidate. 
I think if you're the athletic director at uh, Texas, Chris Del Conte, he's probably going to look for the biggest name possible. If Eric Spolster is interested in going to college, which he's not, um, or somebody like that, Billy Donovan wants to leave the Chicago Bulls, I think you would be doing your due diligence by trying to find that out. I think when it's all said and done, Rodney Terry will be a very strong candidate for the job. And depending on how his team finishes, he may actually get the job and would do a good job. Having said that, I think it's been a two-month uh, interview process for him, maybe three, because we've all seen his work, and it's been very, very, very good. And if I'm an athletic director at another school like Ole Miss, I'd get on the phone with his agent right now and say, hey, listen, we're not going to wait. As soon as the season ends, we're hiring Rodney Terry. So we'll see, but I think Rodney's in a really good spot. He's got tremendous respect from the rest of the coaches. He's got good players and a good staff, and if, if Texas is is where he wants to be, I think he's got another three weeks to show them that he's the right guy. So, that may, that may yeah. happen. Cir circling back to just a couple questions on this K-State team, Fran, we talk about Keontae obviously a lot and Marquise, but I'm wondering for your your thoughts on some of K-State's more role guys, like a Desi Sills and what he brings to the table. He just plays so hard. And then a Naquan Tomlin, who you know, potentially you hear a lot of talk about an NBA future if he can develop and get stronger, right? So I'm just curious for your thoughts on guys like them. Well, Desi's a godsend because Desi not only came late to campus, as you know, but if you know anything, and I know you guys do, Desi's history is that he's, he wins everywhere. You know, two, two state championships. He was, on an, he was a starter on an Elite Eight team. People don't realize that he suffered through a so shoulder injury the next year and played hurt. And then when he decides he's going to leave for a bigger role, he goes back home to Arkansas State and has a great season, and they win for the first time in a few years. And so Desi, to me, is the ultimate warrior. You know, he's the guy that when you, you know, as good as the, the, the two main guys are, as we've talked about, Desi's the guy that you want right by your side in a street fight, in, uh, figuratively. And and uh, and he plays that way. He plays with great energy, and he, he's tough. He's He's a winner, you know, and so I love him. Uh, and Naquan, great story. I didn't, I never heard of Naquan, and I'm a New Yorker until I came to campus in October. And he's got a lot, a lot of potential. I know he'll probably take a peek at professional basketball if if he came out right now. And I could be wrong, and I'll apologize to him in five years when he's starting in the NBA. But right now, as of today, he'll spend a lot of time in the G League. And so if I were him, I would get come back, get stronger, um, become more of an important player on next year's team, maybe the best player, who knows, but definitely have even a bigger role and and uh, and then move on to his pro future from there. Um, so those two guys come to mind. You know, just off the top of my head, David Gasson, terrific role player, defensive guy, love what he's doing. Uh, they've got a lot of good pieces to their mix. They've got the stars. They've got the Energizer Bunny. They've got some good defensive players. Really good role players. You are listening to KC Sports Network, your home for the best coverage on your favorite local teams. Whether you're a Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, KC Current, K-State, KU, or Mizzou fan, we've got you covered. Find KCSN on your favorite podcast platform. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. You feel like basically anybody in this league could get to a Sweet 16. But yeah. who are you feeling best about as we head into the, the postseason here, having a chance to, to make deep runs in the league? I would say, in order, Kansas and K-State, Kansas, for obvious reasons, been there, done that, and they've retooled. You don't even know that they lost 75% of their scoring in two first-round picks. And obviously, the way they're playing right now, they have a DNA about them that, like, hey, we're winning. We're Kansas. We're winning, right? And I know that bugs some K-State people, but that's just a fact. K-State is going to be a hard out because they're going to compete, and it's going to be a street fight in every single one of those tournament games. And if 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 uh, Keade and Marquise are on their game offensively, then that's a team that can obviously get to a Final Four. I worry about Baylor's health. Uh, getting John back, every day John back is critical. I love the way Dale Bonner and, and uh, Langston Love played in the absence of Keontae George Saturday, which really bodes well for them because that's increased their depth. I don't think Keontae's t- angle injury is serious. He should be back soon. But I just worry about their health uh, at the end of the year. Uh, Texas is experienced, but they struggle to score at times, so I worry about them. But again, I'm worried about them in the context of the best league in the country, all of these teams. As Iowa State showed last year, 7-11 in the league, they get to a Sweet 16. A team that's really, I think, under the radar is TCU. I I love TCU because they're built built for the tournament, and anybody who doesn't realize why they were out 1-5 hasn't been following because Mike – Mike Miles, that's like that's like losing Pat Mahomes. Um, it really is. I mean, you know, some guys you lose to your point guard, it's not that big a deal. Um, but when you lose Mike Miles at TCU, you're losing Pat Mahomes. And now that he's back, their swag is back, so they're really dangerous. And of course, they just went and beat a, a really hot Texas Tech team on the road. So I think first of all, I think Kansas City's gonna be incredible. I'm actually doing seven of the nine games. I'm doing the first round. Wednesday night, and those two games are going to be unbelievable. It used to be, all right, who's going to win and has to play Kansas the next night? And in this case, 7-10 game, assuming they play KU, both of those teams can beat Kansas. And the 8-9 can obviously beat whoever ends up number two. That'll be fun. It's my favorite event of the year, Fran. I always look forward to getting down to Can- – I live in Kansas City, getting to the Big 12 tournament. You know this. You've been coming for a long time, and it's it's a spectacle. It's an event. Yeah. Um, probably the best conference tournament there is with the way that it's set up and the competition. I think, Cole, even my friend Steve Forbes would agree. <laughs> well, hey, hey, Fran. Have you ever watched some of those ACC opening round games? Seriously. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I watch it. There's nobody there, right? I mean, the thing, like – the, the last couple of years, I've even noticed like on Wednesday nights, you know, in, in KC when it's like no local, like you don't have Iowa State, KU, K-State and that sometimes. And there's still good crowds. I mean, people just want to go out and watch good basketball. So this year, uh, this year more than ever. Oh, yeah. That wins that Wednesday night. It's yeah, great basketball to watch uh, when that. But it, I wanted to have a fun one for you. Uh, what's it like getting on Twitter after uh, every game you broadcast and uh, dealing with these fans? Do I go on Twitter? Uh, <laughs> you know what's funny is first of all, I, I do not take I, I love having the I love having the outlet to for basketballs like the Mr. Iba, Galaga Iba Arena, the history of you know that put out videos for coaches. I just put out a Baylor, Texas thing just a few minutes ago. 
I don't take Twitter seriously. I, I, I got to go to, I got to, I think I'm going to have to go see my pastor because I'm getting kinder in my old age, but I'm starting to block more people. And I don't know if that's it or not. I don't know. But um, I, I enjoy the banter. Uh, and K-State fans are starting. I never heard from them until this year. <laughs> I don't take Twitter seriously. I really don't. I don't like vulgarity. I'll block you instantly if it's vulgarity. But I don't mind the back and forth. Um, I always check to see how many followers somebody has. And no offense, I'm not a, you know, but if somebody's got 13 followers, I'm not going to come back and bash them. You know what I mean? If someone who's on Twitter is just getting their voice out, like talk radio. So it's all good. And I, I like the interaction. I do. And, and by the way, the KU fans never figured out probably over, probably starting five years ago that I used to start to tweak a couple of them just because I didn't want to be the KU homer for the big 12. When George and Monty are playing great at Iowa State, I want to talk about them. When Barry Brown and D when Dean Wade from St. John, Kansas, they still don't have a McDonald's in St. John. You got to go to you got to go to Great Bend to get a McDonald's, uh, you know, Happy Meal. I like to tell people about that. So I've always used Twitter as a way to tell people about the Big Twelve, and I don't take it personally when people come back at me. I don't. Yeah. Well. Like you, I mean, I, I've stopped engaging and responding to people that have like eight or nine followers, and I just don't even, I don't even bother when they they come at you like that. Hey, one question, one more on on Jerome Tang, but what do you make of his his style? Like when they win, right? He jumps into the student section, he does the wabash, he jumped on the scores table after the KU game. Just the the things that he does engaging with the fan base. What do, what do you make of that from him? Well, it's authentic, and so I I don't I don't have a problem with it. I will say at some point in time, the other coaches in the league, they're, they're very competitive, and they'll say to their team, we ain't letting this guy jump into the stands tonight, okay? But having said that, because they're all competitors, you know, these are Hall of Fame coaches, um, and not because anyone is a Hall of Fame coach did they ever tell me that. I don't want you to think it was somebody who was in the Hall of Fame that said that, but my coaching hat is on, and I say, if I was playing against them, we, we ain't letting them celebrate tonight. Having said that, it's extremely authentic, it's exactly what the fan base needed, and it's fun to have a coach who just values being part of this incredible community. So, you know, will he tone it back? I don't know. Maybe he shouldn't. I just think it's real. It's authentic, and he just loves the connection with the, with the fan base and the students because one thing I know about K-State students, man, um, when they're engaged in, the, in their program, football, basketball, I'm sure some of the other sports, they're, they're incredible fans. And Jerome yep. is added to that. Jerome is added to that for sure. Yeah, it's working right now. No doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, Fran, we really appreciate you being so gracious with your time, taking this time for us. Uh, appreciate everything you do for the league. And uh, it's it's been a blast talking with you. Hopefully we'll get a chance to do it again soon. Thank you, John. You guys have fun. Come up and say, say hi to me in Kansas City if you're there. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.